Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from First Orlando. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at firstorlando.com. And if you're in the Orlando area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now, enjoy this podcast from First Orlando. When we started Summer of Impact, we began to think about people in the Bible that had impact that you don't know. You don't know much about them. And I knew immediately there was one that I wanted to talk about. I didn't know when, I wasn't sure what day. The timing of this is very unusual that it would be on this day. But the one I want to talk about is one of the most beautiful examples to every one of us that you can make a difference. And don't give me this, well, but I can't sing like them. Neither can I. Now, one day in heaven when we're together, I'm going to sound just like Roberto. Yeah, I'm going to be just like I, I think you can say, well, I, I can't teach. I don't, I'm not sure how am I going to have impact. You don't have to have words to have impact. In fact, sometimes we're doing this and we need to do this because this takes away from the impact. And there's somebody in the, in the New Testament. He never said a word, but he had incredible impact. And his life was a part of somebody we know, the Apostle Paul. But yet he never gets in the way. He, he's just there. He's just a part of the fabric of his life. You know how people like Roberto and Christy, God brings them in our life, and maybe we only have them for a while, but their impact is forever, and their blessing is forever. And you shouldn't forget them, and that's the whole beauty of, of, of God's family. It's a big family, and you carry people like that with you all your days. You're not going to believe it. I don't even know if some of you know what a quilt is. But back in the day, quilts were a great way to, to remember things and to honor people and, to, and, you know, made wonderful gifts and very practical gift, I might add. Forty years ago, that quilt was made. Forty. Forty years ago. It was given to Rachel and to me by the church where we served for 10 years in Texas. It was given in 1981, and it, it actually has names of the members, not all the names, but they would take a different square, and then they would put their name on it or a message or whatever. And I, I just wanted it up here because it reminds me that people that God gives you along the way are a part of the fabric of your life. Your life is like this quilt. Their names are on you. Their fingerprints are on you. There were things they did that impact you. I mean, every time I get up here and stand, I, I see this gentleman over here, Dan Harrington. And he has no idea of the impact in my life. He does some. I've tried to tell him. But I remember the day I stood up to deliver the sermon at my father's funeral. And I looked up, and there he was. You think I've forgotten that? You think I'll ever forget that? No. No. When I looked at this, I see Juanita Parsons. Juanita Parsons was a widow who 
lived with her mom, who was a widow, and her mother-in-law, who was a widow. And she drove them around. Juanita had Parkinson's disease. She, she was shaking the whole time, shuffling. And you know what? She went on mission trips with us. She wouldn't give up. She wouldn't lay down. I'm not sure the rest of us driving on the same roads were really excited about that, but she kept driving, and she kept going. Man, I'll carry her forever in my life as a reminder. So you see, people that have come your way, they left their mark on you. And there's one that left his mark on the Apostle Paul. And his name, Aristarchus. Aristarchus. Now I want you to say it with me. Aristarchus. That's one we can say. Last weekend, we looked at two builders of the tabernacle. <laughs> Bezalel, I think was his name, and Oholiab. But the only way I could remember was Oholiab. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I will get Aristarchus, though, because Aristarchus is the kind of guy I want to be. And I'm going to tell you why. He occurs five times in the New Testament, meaning he's mentioned five times in the New Testament, okay? So let me just walk you through. One time he's mentioned, and he's in an amphitheater in Ephesus about to be killed. People are going crazy trying to kill Paul, but he's there, and so they got him. And then he's mentioned once as just part of a group that's taking a relief offering, trying to help the poor and the needy in Jerusalem. And then he's mentioned in Acts 27, he's getting on the ship with Paul to go where? To Rome, to be imprisoned. And then he's mentioned by Paul in Colossians 4. He's called a fellow prisoner. And he's mentioned in Philemon and called a fellow worker. And that's it. But I want to tell you three things that I really believe about this guy that every one of them in this room can do. There's a lot of talent you and I may not have, but there is something everybody can do, and we can be an Aristarchus. Number one, he chose risk over security. He chose the unknown over the known. Let me explain it. His name, I think, is Greek. Okay? It doesn't mean necessarily he was Greek. I think he was, but it's, we don't know. One day we'll find out when we get to heaven. It means ruler. Aristarchus means best ruler. It is the name from which we get the word aristocrat. I think he came from nobility. I think he came from a very wealthy family. I think he was a businessman that was in Thessalonica, where he lived, which is Macedonia, and he met Paul when Paul preached the gospel, and he was changed by the gospel. And when Jesus changed his life, he wanted to do something for Jesus. So you know what he did? He attached himself to Paul. He said, the best thing I can do, I can't preach the gospel like Paul, I can't write like Paul, but I can go with Paul, and I can be there for him to spread the gospel. And that's exactly what he chose to do. Now, he could have stayed home where it was secure. He could have stayed in that security, because there was nothing secure about Paul. But he didn't. So I got a question. What are you doing today that takes any faith? Anything you're doing to risk something for Jesus. You could play it safe. You could never mention his name. You could just go through life. 
and be real safe. The Lion of Judah is not safe. And when you attach yourself to him, it's a risk. But it's a risk worth taking. Can I show you where Aristarchus ends up because he's with Paul? Okay, it's in Acts. I mean, if you take your Bible, if you've got a Bible, you can go there, Acts 19. This is the story of the gospel spreading. Acts is really a book about the acts of the Holy Spirit, the acts of the gospel spreading to the known world. And here they are in a town known as Ephesus, okay, which is modern-day Turkey. They are in Ephesus, and Paul is teaching, and the gospel is changing so many lives that there are people getting upset because they make idols to a goddess named Artemis. She's also known as Diana. In fact, one of the wonders, seven wonders of the ancient world was the temple they built to her in Ephesus. It was magnificent. All that's left is one column broken in a field. But it is one of the most amazing cities. And Paul was there, and all these people were coming to Christ, and there was a, a silversmith who got upset because all of his business was gone. And so he went to the city leader and said, this guy Paul has got to go. He's taking away business. He's bringing shame to Artemis, and he's got to go. So the city council began to get the crowd stirred up. And as the crowd got stirred up, they wanted Paul in the amphitheater where they could pronounce the sentence and they could execute judgment on him immediately. And so what happens is they go to the amphitheater and Paul escapes. But guess who didn't escape? Aristarchus. And I'll read this verse. This is chapter 19, verse 29. So the city was filled with confusion. And they rushed together into the theater, dragging with them Gaius and Aristarchus, Macedonians who were Paul's companions in travel. Now, in case you're thinking about a little uh, performing arts theater, no, this, is, this thing is huge. One of my favorite sights on the planet. And I've gotten to stand there several times. Let me show you a picture of how big this theater was. It seats 25,000 people. 25,000. I've stood on that stage, and imagine what it was like to be Aristarchus. I've, I've been up in the seats, and imagine what that crowd was like. Because the Scripture says that they rushed in there. They filled that place, 25,000 people. And they're yelling, great is Artemis, great is Artemis. And down on that stage is a man who's taking it for Paul. His name is Aristarchus. Now, he could have been at home doing business in Thessalonica, getting ready for the Olympics, getting his TV ready and everything. He could have been playing it safe. But no, he was risking everything because of the gospel that changed his life. He risked rather than played it safe. The second thing about him, huh, he chose generosity over self. He chose generosity over self. You say, what, what's, what do you mean? 
I believe because he was a businessman, he took what he had and he invested it in Paul. But not only that, watch this. There's a verse in the Corinthian letter, 2 Corinthians to be exact, chapter 8, where Paul commends the Macedonians. In fact, he makes a great statement about them, and I've, I wanted you to look at just a, a portion of a verse. They gave themselves first to the Lord, and then by the will of God, to us. And if you go back and read those first five verses of chapter 8, even beyond that, man, he's bragging on the Macedonians how they were so generous. Most New Testament scholars believe he's talking about none other than Aristarchus. So did Aristarchus give himself to Paul? Yep. All the way. In other words, he not only was generous with his income, his resources, he just said, Paul, I'm going with you. You know what has touched me so much about Roberto and Christy? Guys, they gave us great music and they gave us their talent, but they gave us themselves. They were our kids. And they always will be. I mean, we watched them grow up. Watched them fall in love. I've traveled all over with Roberto. I've heard all kind of crazy stories. Because Roberto shared his life with us. You can do that. Remember, it's not just money people want. You think, well, I don't have money to bless somebody. It's not the money that blesses them. It's your life that blesses them. And when you share your life with somebody... What a gift. And let me show you to the depth, to the point of what he did. He embraced and welcomed comfort. I mean, chains over comfort. He embraced chains. They got on a ship together, and he was a prisoner along with Paul. Now, I'm going to read the text. This is chapter 27, toward the end of the book of Acts. This is when Paul is finally going to Rome, and he's going to be tried, and end up losing his life there in Rome. This is verses 1 and 2. And when it was decided that we should sail for Italy, they delivered Paul and some other prisoners to a centurion of the Augustan cohort named Julius. And embarking in a ship of a really hard place to pronounce, which was about to sail the ports along the coast of Asia, we put out to sea, accompanied by, say it with me, Aristarchus, a Macedonian from Thessalonica. You know who was on that boat with Paul? Luke, who's writing this, and Aristarchus. So why was Aristarchus on the boat? I can understand Luke, he was a doctor. And so he needed to be with Paul because he was a doctor. Why Aristarchus? I personally believe the moment happened like this. When that centurion was taking roll, but who was on the ship, and he was getting the prisoners loaded, Aristarchus walks up, he looks at him and said, who are you? He said, I'm Aristarchus. Why are you going on this ship? And I just think Aristarchus looked at him and he said, because I'm chained to that man right there. Wherever he goes, I go. But sir, there are no charges against you. Doesn't matter. I'm a servant of that man. I think he was on that ship for one reason. Because he wanted to be there for Paul. And he's only a prisoner in Rome for one reason, because he wanted to be there for Paul. You see, he chose to be a servant rather than to be served. He chose to give rather than take. In fact, there's a scholar who's a classical 
scholar. I mean, he's been, been um, kind of a standard for New Testament study for years. His name is Sir William Ramsey. Wrote a book called St. Paul the Traveler. He actually believes and has, according to him, the evidence that Aristarchus actually became a slave of Paul. You say, well, a slave, not in the sense of what we think of today, just a servant. Literally like, hey, whatever I need to do, whatever paper I need to sign, because I'm yours. In other words, he chose generosity over self. He wanted to give himself away. And he did. And he got on that ship knowing that he was going to probably his own death. When I think about the church today, when I think about the church at large, does generosity over self describe us? Does it describe you? And I'm not talking about just with money. I'm talking about your time, your life, how you spend your days. Tom Rainer wrote a book about the church. He, he documents a lot of research on the church. And he makes this statement. The main reason people leave a church today is because they have an, inter, they have an entitlement mentality rather than a servant mentality. You want me to explain what that means? It means you come to church for what you get, not so you can give. It means you come because they do what you want. In fact, the top three reasons people leave a church, you know what they are? Number one, they didn't sing my songs. Number one reason. Number two, the preacher didn't feed me. Number three, too many new people I didn't know. Does that sound like self or does that sound like generosity? You see, as much as I'd like to say, I think the plague on the American church, the plague on Western Christianity is it's still about us. For Aristarchus, it wasn't about him. It was about the gospel and that man who was preaching the gospel named Paul, and he was going to be with him wherever, and he was. He literally went with Paul. So the last thing I would tell you about him, he chose faithfulness over fame. It didn't matter who knew him. He chose faithfulness. He would be there no matter what. So here's what we know about Aristarchus. Every time he's mentioned in the New Testament, he's with Paul. Every time he's mentioned, he's with Paul. He's the only one that we know of that literally went from the day he met him on the second missionary journey when his life was changed all the way to the end. When Paul is in prison in Rome, he writes the book of Colossians. That's a prison letter. He says, my fellow prisoner. He's in prison with Paul in Rome. The only one who ever went the distance with Paul was Aristarchus. In other words, it's like, dude, I'm going with you. Whatever happens to you, I'm with you. I'm chained to you. And you know what's crazy about Aristarchus? This is probably my favorite detail about him. We don't have one recorded word that he ever spoke. We don't have one sermon recorded he ever preached. We don't have one testimony he ever gave. We don't have a single word because it's not as much about what you say as what you do. And he was just there. We can do that. 
We can be that. I mean, my goodness, he experienced everything Paul went through. He went through a storm with him and a shipwreck. And he ends up in Rome. And you know what we believe? Tradition is very strong at this point. He was beheaded by Nero maybe the same day Paul was. So he literally died with him. He was faithful. And he chose it over fame. I want to be that kind of guy. I want to be that kind of person and that kind of a blessing to somebody. And remember, it's not what you say. There have been moments, i got moments all the time when I walk into a situation, I'm not sure what to say. I'm there. I can't give you one word Dan Harrington said to me that day of my father's funeral. I mean, I know we talked because Dan is not speechless, but I don't remember one word he said. You know what I remember? He was there. Can I encourage you? It's not about what you say. It's just being there for people. I've walked, been called in, walked into hospital rooms, walked into a home where I had to share the news that somebody had passed, and I didn't know what to say. And they don't remember even what I did say. Neither do I. But they remember I was there. We can do that. Everybody needs an Aristarchus. You need to be an Aristarchus. Now, some of us have those in our life. And Rachel and I have been blessed with so many. And I'm looking this morning at a church that just is like Aristarchus. Who's your Aristarchus? Will you tell them thank you today? You just remember they were there for you? They might not have ever given you a penny. It wasn't about what they gave. It's about what they did. They were just there. Or maybe they did bless you. Maybe they had a way to bless you. Just give thanks for the Aristarchuses in your life. And then let me ask you this. So to whom are you an Aristarchus? Who is it you've made a decision? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be there for you. I'm going to walk with you. I'm with you. I'm going with you. Who is it? Because let me tell you, that's what God called us to be. To Jews, generosity over self, risk over security, faithfulness over fame. Let's be an Aristarchus to somebody. So I want us to bow for just a moment. Why don't you think about it? If you've got your phone with you, if you're able to do it, can you text somebody that's been an Aristarchus for you? Can you just text them and say, thank you? I'm sitting in church and the, the pastor talked about a man who blessed the Apostle Paul. You have blessed me. Thank you. Or maybe just sit and pray, God, who is it that I need to be an Aristarchus to? Take a moment, okay? Band's coming out. We're getting in place. Going to do something really cool in just a second. Take a moment. Thank your Aristarchus and then ask God to give you somebody you can be that for. Thanks again for listening to the First Orlando podcast. For more information like our service times, location, and other contact information, be sure to visit us online at firstorlando.com. Have a great week.